Well, this morning I want to talk to you about the trials that come with our temptations. Now, temptations are desires or attractions that come our way to do something that is wrong or unwise. Temptations will come to all of us, and that pressure to yield to those desires can be quite strong and can lead to ungodly behavior, addictive behavior, even crime. And, but to be tempted, though, it's not wrong to be tempted. And every one of us is going to face temptation. The difference is the struggle. The struggle that can be very difficult at times. And that's kind of where I want to key in more than actually about falling to temptation. But temptations come in many forms. Sometimes it's our own desires that get us in trouble. Sometimes it's lack of wisdom. Sometimes it's being in positions or places we shouldn't be. And sometimes it can be attacked from demonic forces, even Satan himself. And for this morning, I really think that's where the majority I want to speak about, about is when those attacks come from the demonic realm or from Satan himself. Now, in the case of Peter and the disciples of Jesus, they're about to face some serious temptations from Satan himself, temptations that they weren't ready for. They thought they were ready for them, but they soon found out that they were not. And Jesus, addressing Peter, he warns him that Satan desires to tempt him in a way that he's not experienced before. And this temptation would shake Peter to the core, almost destroying his faith. We see that in verse 31 of Luke 22. Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift each of you like wheat. And please note that it's talking there that Satan's desire was to sift all of the disciples, but they're pointing out Peter, especially in this portion. And it was shown to Peter that something very serious was about to take place in his life. When we think of uh, in sifting wheat, it's not done like there are combines that we have here today. They would use a screening instrument back then and some shaking and tossing, and that would help separate the dust and the impurities that cling to the grain and uh, leaving the usable grain behind. And so Jesus was telling Peter that he was go, about to go through a violent shaking in his life. A, a shaking that could possibly destroy his faith. Possibly that could destroy the faith of the disciples. And we need to understand that when we have those attacks from the enemy of our soul, Satan desires to destroy us. He is a destroyer. He wants to destroy you. And, and, and all those temptations, he wants to destroy our faith, destroy our testimony, destroy any influence we might have, and especially if we're doing the work of the Lord. And if that's not enough, Satan also likes to come along that if we do fall or if we do get tempted and we yield those temptations, he also likes then to pour it on some more. He'll bring guilt into our lives. He'll bring shame into our lives. So Satan has nothing good for you. His only desire for you is to destroy you, to rob, to kill, destroy. And for Peter, this was going to be a trial beyond his imagination. And he wasn't prepared for it. He thought he was, but we soon find out that he wasn't. Satan was going to sift him like wheat, a huge shaking 
was going to take place in his life and the life of the disciples. And so Jesus warns them to prepare themselves, that as they come before this trial that was going to be happening in just hours. He's also telling us today that we need to prepare ourselves for the trials and temptations that will come our way as well. Now, in regards to temptations that we face, most will be normal temptations that come with life, but sometimes there will be greater trials that will come your way and they will shake you to your core and may even tempt you to give up the faith. These core shakings, these temptations can come when we least expect it or when we think that, you know, I'm strong enough and suddenly we're hit by these things. And when there's something that comes at least expect it, usually that is a good sign of where it's coming from in the first place. Because Satan likes to come when we're not ready. He likes to come when we're not expecting an attack. And he will come and he wants to destroy. His ultimate purpose is to destroy your faith and destroy your influence of the gospel. Again, remember John 10.10 talks about rob, kill, destroy. That's what Satan desires for you. Now, usually these trials and temptations, they come with another characteristic that you probably will recognize that comes with confusion. Causes you to wonder, why, why is this happening, God? Sometimes it'll even cause you to doubt God or say, God, where are you? And when that confusion starts to come into your mind and it starts to attack you, again, that should be another sign for you to recognize that this is coming from a demonic realm that's coming against you. And when that happens, let me tell you, it is a terrible shaking that happens in your lives. Now, usually they come as a surprise. Sometimes they'll even involve family, friends, or people we trusted. But there'll always be that confusion making you wonder those whys. And it can be very easy during those times where we start focusing on what we see in the natural. And we can sometimes respond back to the natural that we're seeing happening against us when the real problem lies that the attack has originated from Satan in the demonic realm. And so this kind of shaking can mess us up, especially in regards to our faith. It can cause a lot of hurt, sometimes anger, grief, bitterness. And if we yield that temptation, well, then he just gets us even more because then he brings shame and guilt. And then sometimes people do walk away from the faith. Now, I know in this congregation, some of you have gone through such times of sifting, sometimes of shaking. And they've not been good times in your life. They've been very hard. They've been very difficult times in your life. But you made it through. You made it through. You might have been hurt, you might have been shaken, offended, crushed, and maybe you're still struggling with some of those things that have happened, and maybe you're still struggling with some trust issues, but you have come through. But for others here today, maybe you're in the midst of it. Maybe it's happening right now. You've been caught off guard, you've been shaken, you've been hurt, you're offended, you're disappointed, you're struggling with your faith right now, and you're, you're wondering if relief will ever come. And you're already at that point of kind of saying, maybe I'll just give up this whole faith thing and this whole thing of Jesus. 
and those thoughts are coming in your minds. And if that kind of a thing is happening, then, friend, you need to recognize you are going through a sifting. You're going through a time where you're being shaken. It's not a normal time for you, but it's also there to help you to realize that it is not just people or that which is natural. There's something spiritual that is taking a place against you. I don't know, sometimes, you know, we, we start talking about the demonic realm and that, and we think, ah, oh, well, does that really exist? You betcha it exists. It really does. And it has a purpose. It has a purpose to destroy you. It has a purpose to draw you away from Christ. It has a purpose to confuse you. It has a purpose to lessen your commitment to Christ. Those things will happen when it's a demonic thing. So it's not an easy thing when you go through such a shaking a sifting of your faith. But there is hope, and I want to get to that part here as well in the message. But I just felt this morning, as I'm going through this, is to simply to acknowledge that this can happen, and it may be happening to you right now in your life. And I realize that may not be for everybody in this house right now, but even if there's one or two right now that you're going through a time of shaking in your life and it's really getting you to that place where you're not too sure if you want to continue in the faith, then this message is more for you. And I'm really praying that, and you can be praying for me, that I communicate that help properly today and that the Holy Spirit will make up for anything that I don't say that he will speak and say to you. And speaking of hope, I want to bring you understanding and direction from the Word of God that hopefully will help you and inspire some resolve in you to overcome this trial because trials and temptations are usually together and they're meant to destroy you. That's what they're meant to do. They're meant to destroy you. So first of all, as we look at the trials of temptation, we need to realize that yes, temptations are part of life and all of us go through temptations and but sometimes we can go through a time where there's a heavy demonic influence that really shakes us and really sifts us as we. And those can be really difficult. But for most times, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, you know, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so you can endure. Everyone experiences temptations. Unfortunately, some can experience some that are more severe than others. But we all will experience temptation. And as you look to the scripture, you know, it doesn't take long to see temptation comes on the scene. And as you start to, you know, you open up that first book of the Bible and you hit Genesis and you don't get very far. You only get to chapter three. And you see that Satan is there taking advantage of Eve's interests in the tree of knowledge. And he brings doubt into her mind of what God really has said. And, and that's a, a real big thing that Satan likes to do in our lives. He likes to bring us doubt. You know, you really have to do this as a Christian. No, this isn't really important. He loves doing that. He's really good at that. Anyway, we see in Genesis 3, 6, says the woman was convinced. 
She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. She wanted the wisdom it would give her, and so she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. The Bible refers to Satan as shrewd, as crafty, an opportunist. And we need to be aware of his tactics and his role as a tempter, desiring to deceive us and to destroy us. And he's good at his job. We see that throughout Scripture, that he's very, very good at his job. As we look at the life of Christ, again, we get to see that the devil comes on the seat. And we see that Jesus is tempted as well. And the Bible tells us that, that Jesus was tempted so that he could sympathize with us, that he could, you know, that, and tell us that, yes, I've experienced those things too. I, I know what it is to be tempted. And we see that in Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. You kind of notice when you look to Scripture that in the Old Testament, it took three chapters, temptation came. And the New Testament was a little bit better. It was four. Four chapters and boom, temptation comes. So temptation is something that is very real. All of us will face temptation. Sometimes from our own desires and wants, but sometimes those attacks come from the enemy himself. And we need to be prepared for this and ready to deal with those temptations whenever they come and from whom they come. Because they will come. So being aware, we need to prepare ourselves to deal with temptations. And whether they're they're normal ones of life or whether they are a direct attack from the enemy himself. And those ones are very hard because they really are bent on your destruction. So let's look at this problem of temptation. You know, as we already noted, the activity of Satan in the matter, but there's also the problem of ourselves, too. We've got to look at our own desires, the cravings that this world brings. And obviously, you know, there is no shortages of where temptation can come from. And, you know, that is a big problem in our world that we all must face. Uh, a great insight comes from First uh, John uh, chapter 2, 15 to 16. It says, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And so it's telling us that for the normal part of temptation, it just simply comes from the world that we live in. And that simple desires that each of us have, sometimes for physical pleasure, uh, the craving for things that we see or the pride in our possessions or achievements. You know, if you use the older language, we have the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And these three areas really cover well how temptation does come. And and as you go back and see the temptations that you see in Scripture, you'll also find that these three characteristics are also there. Going back to Eve in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 3, we see that Eve saw that the fruit in the tree was, what, pleasing to her eyes, pleasing to her appetite, the lust of the flesh, the satisfying of physical need or want. Then she saw the tree was pleasing uh, to the eyes, uh, not just to her appetite, but also to her eyes, something that you desire and want just because you see it. And then we go on to the pride of life where she looked at it, the fruit, that 
it was something that could make her far wiser than she was meant to be. So we see those three things, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And for Jesus, same thing. The lust of the flesh was Jesus was hungry. He hadn't eaten. And he's out in the wilderness. He's hungry. And so the devil says, you're God, like make some bread. Then there was the lust of the eyes showing Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. And what was he doing? He was offering Jesus a shortcut to become king. I'll make you the king. Don't go through the cross. Don't go through all these things. Don't worry about, you know, the sin of mankind. Don't worry that they're going to go to hell. Like, you're the king. You're God. Take that rulership right now. Shortcuts. Then the pride. Throw yourself down. Come on. Aren't you the son of God? Don't, aren't angels supposed to be watching over you? Just jump from this place and the angels will catch you and you will show to the world that you truly are God. The devil's strategy hasn't really changed much, but he's good at his game. And his desire is to deceive you and to fool you that what you're doing is a better idea than to follow what God's word says. The reality is that sometimes we really do. We get attached to this world, kind of like this world and all that it offers. And, you know, and the world, world does offer as many things a lot of good things out there. There's lots of pleasurable things to do out there, but we've got to be careful that we control what we're doing versus the world controlling us. And sometimes that's what's happened. Slowly we allow the world to start dictating what we're to do instead of what God tells us to do. The world will offer as many things to stimulate our eyes, cause interest in things that, even things that we shouldn't be interested in. And Soon those things can begin to overpower us that we want those things so much that we'll do anything to get them. The world can offer fame and fortune, success. But sometimes pursuing those things solely can leave us to a place where we lose everything. The Bible says be careful of the temptations because they can consume you and where your love shifts from God to things of this world. Another scripture gives us insight in the problem of temptation is found in the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 14. It says, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. When sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. We all like to blame the devil. And sometimes it's true to blame the devil. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just ourselves. And the enemy coming alongside, seeing that, you know, he's an opportunist. So he sees we're doing something we shouldn't be doing in the first place. So he comes along real quick. And, you know, the bait is out there. We bite. He pulls it on the fishing rod and he's got you hooked. That's what he likes to do. But a lot of temptations come from ourselves. The devil doesn't really have to work too hard to, to tempt us or to get us to sin and sometimes that's because of our own desires. We haven't fully given ourselves over to God. And another problem that sometimes gets in there too is our pride. Thinking that, well, we know it all. And today we live in a world that we definitely know it all. And uh, no one can tell us anything different because we know it all. We're strong enough. And so... 
what that does, it puts us in compromising situations where you think, well, I'm not going to fall because I'm, I'm strong. I'm good. Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. You always need to be on guard against temptation. We always need to be careful because it can come quickly. It can come strongly. It can catch us unaware. And if we're not careful, it can cause us to give up the faith and walk away from God. You know, you can think of how many people's testimonies have been destroyed by sometimes even just one act of yielding to a temptation. You see that on our TV screens. You see that throughout the Internet when especially a man or a woman of God that's very famous, if they do just one wrong thing, man, it gets plastered all over the place. But temptations and trials, while they are normal, and we all battle those normal ones, which can be difficult at times, there's another level. And that level is when the devil himself really gets involved, just like in this case where the Bible, where Jesus is telling them that Peter... Satan has come, and he's going to sift you and the other disciples like wheat. He's going to shake you like you've never been shaken before. That kind of a temptation is very different, and it's a very hard one for us to go through. You know, all temptation is a problem, but when there is a, a, a concentrated attack from the enemy of your soul, from the demonic realm, man, that's a whole new level that you have to fight with. And that's where we need wisdom. That's where we need discernment uh, from the Lord to battle those things. So enough about talking about and dealing with temptation and the problems of temptation. I want to talk about a solution of temptation. Jesus speaking in our original text with addressing Peter, he made it very clear that keeping up our prayer time helps big time and dealing with temptation no matter where it comes from. Luke twenty-two forty 40 says, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. Keeping up your prayer time. Keeping up those daily prayer times are so important as they are a solution that keeps us from temptation. They are a solution that helps us to hold on, to be strong, and to make it through our temptation. Don't underestimate the power of your prayers. We do that all the time. We really do. A lot of times we convince ourselves, oh, my prayer's not going to matter. Why should someone ask me to pray for them? Because nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to take place. Your prayers are more important than you realize. They're important and they're a big solution to helping us in all of our trials and temptations. You will note that even in the Lord's Prayer where Jesus is telling us, how should we pray? What does he say? Matthew 6, 13 says, and don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So Jesus is telling us, if you want to get through temptation, you got to pray. Prayer will help you avoid the traps of the evil one, and prayer will also help you to stand during the temptation as well. Another thing about prayer to keep in mind is that as you go through those temptations and you're struggling, Jesus 
is praying for you too. Jesus is interceding on your behalf. Just like he said to Peter, note what he says. Jesus says in Luke twenty two thirty two, 32, Peter, but I have pleaded in prayer for you. Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you've repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. Jesus was seeing that you're going to make it, Peter. You're going to fail, yes, but eventually you will make it and you're going to be a very important individual and you will strengthen the rest of the disciples. And friends, as you keep that personal time of prayer, as you get prayer from others, it helps immensely for you to stand during these trials and these temptations. You know, prayer keeps you close to Jesus, pure and simple. You know, we've been encouraging you, read the scriptures, right? Stay close to Jesus, hear what Jesus is saying. That's so very, very important. And even as we go through temptations, and even when we're finding that the gates of hell are against us, remember the scripture also says the gates of hell are not going to prevail. But sometimes we think they are. Keep praying. Keep praying. The Lord is with you. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will help you. He is with you. You are not alone as you go through that temptation. You may feel it, and so often we go by our feelings. When there's times we need to stand and the word of God says, no, God's word says, the Lord is with me. God's word says, I am not alone. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and he will guard you from the evil one. So you need to recognize the Lord is with you. And only he is the one that really helps us and keeps us from falling. The other major solution to temptation is to know the Bible and to use the Bible. Please again, please note that when Jesus encountered the devil and he was tempted by the devil, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, gee, you should have did this or you should have did that. Or he didn't do a lot of things that he had the power to do. He just simply started speaking the word of God. And when you see that, that should ring into our minds that, you know what? Start speaking what the word says, not what your mind is saying, not what the circumstance and situation is saying. Start speaking what the word of God says. Matthew 4, 10, 11 says, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told them. For the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. So a great and strong solution to temptation is to know the word of God and to hold to it. Knowing that word is going to help you to say no to temptation, going to help you to stand during temptation. And also, apply that part where you say, Satan, get out of here. I had enough from you. You've been involved in this situation and this circumstance long enough and start speaking to the enemy. We often speak to the problem, and we miss the person behind the problem. We'll, you know, we'll go after people. We'll go after a situation and, and all these circumstances. You need to go beyond that and start speaking to the enemy and tell him, Satan, get out of here. You're not to be in this situation. You're not to be as part of what's going on right now, and I command you in the name of Jesus, get out of here. And, and so that's important for you to do, but again, you're using... God's word. Back it up with what God's word says. God says, I'm going to be blessed. God says that things will go well for me. 
God says he will strengthen me. God says, and you just start quoting those things. But a word of caution here as well. The devil knows the word of God too. And he can quickly mislead you and cause you to doubt what the Bible really is saying. And we're seeing a lot of that today in our society. And a lot of Christians are being attacked in this area where they're being convinced that, you know, here's a little bit of scripture, but they don't give you the whole scripture. So they just give you a little bit, again, a little bite, and then they deceive you to do something that you shouldn't be doing. Read the whole word. Read the whole word. We need to be students of the word of God. We need to be reading the Bible, studying the Bible. Again, you know, that's kind of been part of the reason for this focus where I've been trying to encourage you in December, you know, uh, read, read the book of Luke. Get in the gospel of Jesus in you. Get what Jesus has to say. We're listening so much to what the world is saying or what this person is saying or that person is saying, what YouTube is saying, what Facebook is saying or whatever else is out there in the social media, what they're all saying. You need to know what Jesus says. This month, we've been encouraging you to read uh, the book of Matthew. you still got time to get through it. If you haven't started, it's just going to be a little bit more reading. And then I think in February, we need to, let's go to Mark. Let's read the book of Mark. And again, just keeping the words of Jesus, getting them deep down inside of it. Because we need that to face the temptations that are coming against us in this world. Know the word. Read the word. Memorize the word. I like it. I see our kids there and going to children's church on Sunday morning, and they get a memory verse. And uh, they also get a prize. There's been a prize being given to them as they remember those memory verses. That's a great thing. You need to remember the scriptures. Get into the scriptures. Psalm 119.11 says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And these are really the two greatest solutions to facing temptations. I know you're probably looking for something you're more profound or that would sound more profound to you. But the strongest thing you can do is stay in prayer, stay in the word, because those are the things that are going to keep you, not just to the normal temptations of life, but when you get those demonic ones, where the gates of hell themselves start coming against you, you better be standing on the word. You better be in that place of prayer that you need to be. And so those things are really, really Important. Now, I know we could talk about other things like flee temptation, run. Sometimes you need to run from temptation. Sometimes you need to be patient. Sometimes you need to endure. Sometimes you need to be fellowshipping with godly people, getting a godly influence, godly input into you, being encouraged by others, or gathering together like we are today as a church and choosing to, to strengthen one another. Because that's what Jesus told Peter, that when you get through this, I want you to go and strengthen your brothers and sisters. You know, we all have a story to tell in this room. We have tremendous stories. But when we go through stuff, there's a testimony that comes out of that. And God wants you to share it. God wants you to tell us because other people may be going through the exact same thing that you did. And they need to be encouraged to know that you can make it. You can make it. You can get through this. You can get through this. And Jesus was telling Peter, even though he didn't realize it for a while, you're going to get through this, Peter. You're going to end up strengthening your brother. Let alone did he realize that he'd be the head guy of the disciples after this. But the greatest solutions are prayer and the word of God. 
Got to stay there. You can't give up those things. You got to stay there. Now, as we close, I really feel that I need to acknowledge that there may be some of you here this morning that are going through a trial of temptation that is more than the normal and that you are battling demonic forces. And I know that you're at a place where you feel exhausted. And I just want you to know that God sees you. God sees what's going on. God sees the battle that you are in. And that's the first thing maybe that you need to realize. And you need to realize that, you know, this is more than people. This is more than circumstances or situations. It is an attack of the evil one. And as I said earlier, a good indicator of that is that there's usually some confusion that comes in the midst of all of that. And then another thing, too, is remember is that it's not going to last forever. And there will be an opportunity that will come for you to enjoy life and see fruitful ministry. You know, that happened for Peter. He was miserable. He wept. He cried. Jesus brings him back to that place. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Oh, he was feeling so bad. And he got to confess those three times that, yes, I do love you, Jesus. But in a sifting process, there's something else that you need to realize, too. Because in that sifting process, yes, it exposed that there was some dirt. There were some impurities in that process. But in the end, what are you left with? You're left with something good. You're left with that useful grain that you can eat and that you can enjoy. And see, the devil likes, when he sifts you, he wants to concentrate on all the chaff and all the dirt and all the impurities that kind of get shaken out of you. He's going to concentrate in that part while God is going to try to show you, no, I'm going to make something beautiful out of this. I'm going to take, you know, all that thing, that dirt out of your life. I'm going to take impurities out of your life, and I'm going to make something good out of you that's going to bring great glory. You know, and sometimes we do go through those times of sifting to help us grow, to be better people. Now, personally, I don't like that. Personally, I'm sure you prayed like I prayed, Lord, you know, it says in your word that you would not allow this to go beyond more than what I can bear. Well, Lord, I'm there. Of course, he knows me better than I know myself, so he knows what really can happen. But we, we will get through, and it does help us to grow. Listen to what James 1 says, 2 and 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider an opportunity for great joy. I know we all have a hard time with that one. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect, complete, needing nothing. So sifting can be hard even in the natural sense, but it also can be a growing time with us that God makes us stronger that then will open a door to greater blessings, greater ministry, better things. See, the Bible tells us God works for good. Even those things that are messy, terrible, rotten, God can turn those things around into something good. And I believe your trial can become a testimony and can set many a person 
free. Another thing to keep in mind as we go through this is that God will reward you as you go through these things. James 1.12 says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptations. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Your suffering in times of trials and temptations will be rewarded. There will be an end. There's a side you're going to come through. And your trial is going to be turned into a testimony. Your sorrow will be turned into joy. Your weeping will be turned into laughter. You will not lose. You will succeed. You will make it. And it will lead you to much harvest and effectiveness as a person and as a Christian. I realize here today there's numbers of you that have gone through a trial of temptation that really has rocked you. I encourage you to share your experience. Tell your story. Because there's lots of other people right here that may be going through that same situation. We need one another. That's why the body is of Christ. The Bible says in these last days, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Because we need to be coming together to encourage one another. Because you're going to be facing things that are difficult. And as we come to the last of the last days, we recognize that the enemy is more at work now than he ever has been. So yes, expect there is going to be demonic things that come against you. But you're not alone. The Lord is with you. The Lord is going to help you. He's going to turn your trial into a testimony. He's going to change things for you. He's going to make things better. There's a harvest that is coming. I really believe that even in our own church, that there's a harvest that's yet to come. We just got to keep pressing in. The Lord will reward you. The Lord will bless you. But if you're here today, maybe you're going through that right now. Maybe there's the attack of the enemy has really been upon you. And everything you do, like it seems like you can't do anything right. And he's been attacking you and shaking you. You've been even thinking of, you know, I don't know if this faith stuff really is real or not, and you've been contemplating giving up the faith or even giving up church and those things. No, that's the enemy. That's what he wants you to do. If you do that, then you are following him, and he's just going to haul you in closer and closer until he has you fully. Don't allow that to happen. You just start to speak to him. And I really believe I need to tell you that today, that you need to start to speak to the spiritual realm. You've been praying, you've been reading the word, but you haven't been speaking to that spiritual realm and telling it, get out of my business. Get out of my business. I don't want you here. You don't have any right to be here. I command you to get out in the name of Jesus. Get out of this situation. Get out of this circumstance. You've been hindering long enough. It's time for you to get out. In the name of Jesus, and we welcome God's blessings now to come and fill those areas. Mm -hmm.